Has anybody ever told you, well, the gospel, it's just all about Jesus? It's the New Testament that matters. The Old Testament doesn't matter too much. And what did Jesus think about the Old Testament? So today we're going to be asking the question, was Jesus a biblical creationist? Stay tuned. You are listening to Creation Talk, a creation.com podcast, proclaiming the truth to honor the Creator while providing credible answers. Well, welcome. I'm Scott Gillis, and I'm here with my friend, Lita Cosner. How are you doing, Lita? I'm doing well, Scott. Well, you may remember in a previous episode, we dealt with a challenge to the historical account of Genesis, specifically that people will claim that Genesis is not a historical book, but it's poetry. Today, we're going to deal with something that's a little bit different. We're going to talk about this idea of the importance of the Old Testament to the gospel. And have you ever heard this uh, term that people want to unhitch the Old Testament from the gospel? Yes, we actually wrote an article about that. But to understand the New Testament, we really have to see that the foundation of the gospel is there in the Old Testament, right? That's correct. It's actually really fascinating that there is there's no new doctrine in the New Testament that wasn't first introduced or foreshadowed in the Old Testament. So to understand what the New Testament authors are teaching, you really have to go back to the foundation in the Old Testament. So the foundation of the New Testament is in the Old Testament. But when we specifically talk about creation, the origins issue, how does the New Testament uh, talk about that? Well, the New Testament has a lot to say about the doctrine of creation. The accounts of creation, the fall, and Noah's flood are referenced at least a hundred times in the New Testament. Okay. Um, Every New Testament author refers to Genesis, and um, all of each of the first 11 chapters are referred to. And every use of Genesis in the New Testament is completely consistent with a historical reading. Okay. So there's a lot of verses in the New Testament that refer specifically back into Genesis. Yes. And it's okay if we take a look at maybe a handful of those? Certainly. All right. So here, Matthew 19.4.5 is, is a verse that we refer to quite often. And this is where the Pharisees were asking Jesus about divorce. And, and he says here in Matthew 19. Verse 4, he answered and he said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So, at the beginning, it says, he made them male and female. Yes, and that indicates that, that there wasn't billions of years before humans came on the scene. A lot of times evolutionists will compare evolutionary history to a clock where um, humans come on the scene at like 11.59 p.m., where that's completely opposite of what the Bible is saying. So it stands not only in contrast to the evolutionary timeline, but it's presented as history. And it's interesting that Jesus says, have you not read? And of course, what's he referring to? Genesis. Yes. And this is Jesus talking, Jesus taking Genesis as history. So what, what else do we have? What are some other verses? Well, in Matthew 23, 
Jesus is condemning the Pharisees. He's calling them hypocrites. He knows that they're going to eventually turn him over to the Romans to be crucified. And he says, on you is going to come all of the righteous blood ever shed on earth from righteous Abel to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. And that's important because he sees Abel as righteous and the first murder victim. So he sees Abel as equally historical as any of the other martyrs we see in the Old Testament. Right. So he's, again, Jesus himself is taking it as, as history. Uh, Jude, for example, here, it's referring kind of likewise, it's referring to Cain and Korah, all right? And it even mentions Enoch as being the seventh from Adam. So here he's referring back to the genealogies that yes. people sometimes challenge us on and say, these are real people. This is historical. Yes. So Jesus believed <laughs> the Old Testament was historical. Yes. Yeah. What else do we have? Well, in 1 Peter 3.20, Peter says, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. And so Peter obviously sees the flood as a global event that wiped out all people who weren't on the ark, because obviously the eight people he's talking about are Noah, his three sons, and their wives. Again, affirming the, the Old Testament historical record. Yes. And when we were talking about the gospel being just about Jesus in the New Testament, it kind of stands in contrast to a really important chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 15. It it goes on and tells us some of those very important gospel issues. Yes. Including here in verse 45, it says that the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So here we're talking about the Adam there in Genesis. And then who is this last Adam? Christ. Christ. So, you know, when we think about the Bible— it's kind of a continuous story from beginning to end, you know? Yes, and it makes sense because the Bible really has one author. The different God used different men to write down Scripture, but if you look at the Bible as one story, it, it's actually a really amazing piece of literature, one story from beginning to end. You have the conflict set up in Genesis, and it goes all throughout Scripture, and you have the the triumph in Christ um, and the ultimate uh, manifestation of that victory in Revelation. Right. It's almost like there's bookends, yes. you know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament from the very beginning. You know, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was a perfect creation, marred by sin because of man's disobedience to God. All right. And that every descendant of Adam inherited that sin nature until the penalty for sin, of course, because our God is not just loving, but also he's just. There is a penalty for sin. And yes. every descendant of Adam inherits that sin nature. So it seems like a grim picture, but we find out that Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh, he came and became the Lamb of God to die for our sins. So that in the future, like you said, yeah. in the end, in Revelation, it says that there'll be a new heavens and a new earth, yes, even better than the first one. So how can we say the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it does not depend on the Old Testament? You've got to have the beginning in order yeah. to know how you get to the end. 
yeah, the gospel doesn't make sense if you just pull it out of the whole biblical context. Because if Adam wasn't a real person who really sinned, what what does it mean when Christ is called the last Adam who saves us from the sin of the first Adam? Right. We have to have both. So what are some things we can take away from today's session? Well, the New Testament is heavily dependent on doctrines and ideas that are first introduced in the Old Testament. We don't have the New Testament rewriting Genesis, but they definitely assume we have it and we believe it. And even in places where a detail from the Old Testament isn't explicitly reaffirmed in the New Testament, for instance, if you only had the New Testament testimony about Noah's flood, you wouldn't know there were animals on the ark. Right. Um, because Peter only talks about the eight people. But obviously, Peter believed the whole flood account, even though he only mentioned a few details. And and the people he was writing to, they knew all those details because they had not unhitched the Old Testament in any time. It, it's foundational to the gospel. Exactly. And one really fascinating um, thing about the New Testament is that Paul references creation very heavily even when he's writing to primarily Gentile congregations. And this means that part of part of bringing Gentiles into the faith, part of their early discipleship process, was making them familiar with the Old Testament scriptures. Yeah, in fact, I remember in Acts 17, uh, when he's giving that sermon up on Mars Hill. Yes. Uh, you know, they were saying that he was a babbler, but what he did is he kind of reframed the conversation and he went back to Genesis and kind of educated those Gentiles about the origins and went back to that foundation of the Old Testament, right? Yes, and he used the creation account to challenge some very key wrong beliefs that they had. Right, right. So I think we've found out that Jesus actually was a biblical creationist. Yes. And uh, if, if he believed it, We, as believers, need to believe that as well. If you want to know more about this, you can go to our website, creation.com slash NT for New Testament. You'll be able to find an article that that Lita wrote that goes into greater detail. But if you really want to dig deep, we'd recommend this book that Lita wrote, From Creation to Salvation. That's what Jesus and the New Testament authors believed about Genesis. So thanks for tuning in to creation.com talk. Please like, subscribe, make some comments below, and we'll catch you next time.